You're listening to Should Have Been a Cowgirl with Jenna Heideman on Rural Radio, Channel 147 on Sirius XM. Welcome back to Should Have Been a Cowgirl. This is your host, Cowgirl Jenna. Did you do any uh, any kickboxing this this week? Because you do something. You do like title boxing or do, you're it's a called, trainer? It's called hot box. Okay, hot box. But I've been there, yeah. I've been there teaching for seven years. And wow. So I teach, we call it like aggressive cardio kickboxing. So it's in a heated room. You have 150 pound bags in front of you, and you're going hard for 40 minutes. Um, I'm a totally different person in that room when I teach. Like, you'll have to come to class one day, and you'll be like, "Who is this girl?" Because you have to yell over loud music, and so it just turns into like very quick, like short words, and very much like, "Go, go, go." So, are you like hitting and kicking a bag yes. constantly? Yeah, but you have combos. So, in my classes lately, we have the freedom to change it up. Is that's what I love about it. It's not like a corporate gym where you teach the same class everywhere across the world same day. We have the freedom to do what we want. And I've been enjoying a class structure where it's like 40 seconds of a combo. So like say jab, cross, left hook, tie kick. And you're doing that for 40 seconds. Then, okay, you have 20 seconds of air squats. Go. All right, you're coming back up for 30 more seconds that combo. And you're going a little harder this time. And then you're doing squat kicks on the left side. And then you're going 20 seconds that combo. That one should be a sprint. And then you're doing squat kicks on the right side. In a hot room. In a hot room. What's the temperature? Um, unsure. It's not like hot yoga hot. It's just heated. I don't even know what hot yoga hot is. <laughs> is it like okay? Because like seventy it, degrees in my house is hot. too hot for well, me. Well, it's probably in the I'd say upper eighties. Hot yoga is like a hundred. Oh my god! But I mean, you're doing cardio for forty minutes straight. Yeah, it's cardio kickboxing, and it's. I mean, it, honestly, it's a lot on your body. Have you had anyone pass out doing this? No, I've had a lot of people leave early their first day. You can do that. There's a little bit of a victory like smirk, like you're kind of like <laughs> for you, like, then, yeah. like like you couldn't take it. Also, I don't think I could take then it. Then also, it's like crap. They just walked out on their first class. Are they ever gonna come back? Oh my goodness! But no, I really enjoy it. Kickboxing. I hate cardio. So when I was looking for something to get into, because I love weightlifting, mm-hmm. but when I was looking for something else to get into, I was like, man, I hate running. Like, what house can I get cardio in? A little kickboxing. Yeah, I mean that's one way. I mean, I, I play. I, I <laughs> well, play. or you go for a walk. That's another way. <laughs> you could do that, or you could shoot basketball and play racquetball, which is now, what I do. You're in a racquetball. Is that similar to pick? Are you going to hop on this pickleball craze that's going around the U.S. for young people? Okay, so you know the song <laughs> "I Was Country Before Country Was Cool." Oh, you're pickleball. I was pickleballing no. before pickleball was cool. Okay, and so I used to play. I have a friend. She moved to California. Her name's Emily Baldwin, and we used to play pickleball together a lot at Charlie Daniels Park in Mount Juliet. That was the only place that we could find. Well, now it's all over the place. Yeah, it's everywhere. There's a place off Charlotte on Sundays. That parking lot is full. There's people playing pickleball. I saw a really funny TikTok of probably someone, a guy in their 30s, being like, the biggest scam. I'm a pickleball instructor. It's like all these like 30-year-old people who like have bad joints or don't want to play something too like aggressive or do something too hardcore. They're all like training you for pickleball. It was was a funny TikTok. You'll have to see it. I mean, for those that don't know, pickleball is kind of like tennis on a smaller court or a better way of explaining it it's like playing ping pong yeah. on a big table if that and you makes have a sense partner. yeah you can play singles you can have a partner and basically you're hitting you, you have wooden paddles and you're hitting like a, a wiffle ball a wiffle ball yeah, yeah. and so and, and it's a slower paced game so it's not like tennis where you're just you know running back and forth you can you are running a lot and it really depends on your skill level but it's it's easier for people to keep up with 
pickleball than something like tennis because a lot of people will just either hit the ball over the fence in tennis or they can't return it or that kind of a thing so it is a little bit easier of a sport yeah there's some kind of craze going on right now and i don't understand it personally but great for all you pickleballers out there yeah but nobody's playing racquetball anymore apparently racquetball is dying it's out i used to play at the downtown ymca here in nashville and they sold off that section of the y to give to an apartment complex so they got rid of oh, their dang. courts i used to go to the ymca in franklin at maryland farms yeah. and play there that entire ymca went under uh, wow. and so yeah we had nowhere to play for a while but being a belmont alumni yes you know you can go and have an alumni membership so now we play at belmont well, let's hope they don't get wind that yeah it's there's out. there's two there's there's two courts and they're never occupied wow you're the only one that uses them <laughs> i am me and amanda and it's bad because like when we walk up to the desk they already start handing us like racquetball gear oh my gosh like here you go guys yeah, you're only ones because they just know so you went to a boot barn festival or something fashion like that? show okay fashion went to the show? boot barn fashion show this past week it was here in nashville about 10 minutes from downtown at diamond creek ranch it's like a wedding event venue they invited influencers there were some country music they all posted if you follow along like raylan daniel bradbury played it there were some bachelor people brooklyn from zach season of the bachelor was there jed wyatt from that throwback from the bachelor was there yeah you know just like this is gonna sound bad you're like d-list celebrities (laughs) i'm just kidding i was there wow i'm just kidding i mean it was very influencer based and then also like they invited some like country music acts and you guys are not d-listers i'm so sorry i'm about to say that's that's our listeners if they're they're d-list i'm not even on the grading scale i mean i'm not on this either i actually (laughs) went in place an artist i managed was invited and i went in place of him so i didn't get the invite i just went like i wasn't personally invited just just showed up i was like z-list you asked me off air (laughs) What I did in regards to Amazon's Prime Day, yes. what, what did I buy? I didn't buy anything. Man, you missed a sale, two-day sale on Amazon. What did you get? Well, you see, I was sensible. I'm very sensible with my purchases this year. I'm pulling it up right now. I got shampoo and conditioner, Nutrafol. They're usually pretty pricey, and I go through conditioner pretty fast. I mean, I'm sure Amanda, your wife, does she run out of conditioner before shampoo? I don't know. Sometimes I use her stuff. So that, <laughs> she gets mad. So that helps it run off. it out faster. Well, I got some... Uh, Shampoo and conditioner. I got some vitamins and pro- protein. You got me on the protein hunt. Mm-hmm. I'm from Symbiotica. Okay. It's a good brand, right. but their protein is so expensive. Mm-hmm. So I decided to give it a try. I got some Celsius. Oh, yeah. They were though. having 12 packs for $14. Those are good. Which I buy them at Publix before I go teach a class, and it's like 250 or 287 a time. And then I got, ooh, I got some lip mask. I got some makeup, some face sunscreen, and then I got a cup holder for my car. I bought a Forerunner in November, and the cup holder inserts were missing, so my Stanley Cup here wiggles around a little bit. So I bought the got that problem fixed. Got the insert for there <laughs> on Prime Days, but everything I felt was very sensible. You know, a lot of people probably went crazy. There was like I almost got a counter ice maker, which I don't need. My fridge, my fridge has an ice maker. It's funny how Amazon has things that you don't know that you need. Oh my gosh. There are so many things on sale that I didn't need that they, I wanted. They never get me, but they get Amanda all the time. And she's on this. I mean, you said Celsius. Um, she drinks this thing called Uptime. I've never now, heard of that one. Okay, so apparently when she did Tracy Lawrence's golf tournament, mm-hmm. that's, that she works for Tracy Nonprofit. You guys have heard that before. She got a sponsorship, I think, from these people called Uptime. They're in, they're in like, now that we know about them, we see their product everywhere. They're in gas stations everywhere. Wow, okay. They're, like, in Walmart and Kroger. But uh, she... 
she swears by it now that it's it's like really really good anyway our guest today justin love coming your way next You're listening to Should Have Been a Cowgirl with Jenna Heideman on Rural Radio, Channel 147 on Sirius XM. Welcome to the studio, Justin Love. How are you? Hey, Jenna. I'm, I'm doing good. It's great to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's nice to have you. Where's that accent from? <laughs> the few, the proud, the one that got out, Waco, Texas. Waco, Texas. <laughs> yeah. Does everyone ask you about that uh, Netflix series, Waco? Yes, they do, <laughs> which is why I said what I said, but... Uh, you know, I, that's about all I'm going to say about that, but yeah. Yeah. I get asked that, and then I get asked if I went to Baylor Bears Stadium or Baylor Bears College, and I said no. Okay, I have a funny story. I have a Baylor tracksuit. It's like a Nike tracksuit that looks like I played a sport at Baylor, but I got it on a Black Friday sale in Illinois, and it was 50 cents for the jacket and 50 cents for the pants, and it's like legit Nike. Yeah. So my sister got a matching one, and we keep saying one day we need to like go to the, to the airport in them, and people will think we're Baylor athletes. Thank you, Baylor athletes. I'm not sure what sport we look like we play, but <laughs> I think it could work. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, I got a, I got quite a few friends of mine that are that are in the Baylor area still, you know, doing music and Lord knows what else, doctor and lawyers. I mean, I just I just couldn't. I don't look good in green and gold. So yeah, yeah, just wasn't, wasn't my thing. forte. Well, how was it growing up in Waco? Tell us about your upbringing. Yeah, so honestly, uh, I was born in Waco, but I actually grew up about 30 minutes north of there in uh, Hillsborough, Texas. I went to a private Christian school all my life. Um, I would say one of the things that people need to know about me as far as my early beginnings is uh, most people get their allowance by doing chores, right? That was not the case in our in our household. My parents were youth pastors, and my dad was a firm believer in spare the rod, spoil the child, but even more so, it was uh, if we wanted our allowance— we would have to quote Bible verses. Oh, my gosh. So as a kid, I made myself memorize chapters of Psalms and literally to the point where I would get five, ten dollars. I'm like, heck, yeah, toys <laughs> oh and candy. God. I'm ready. Let's roll. Um, and so this was around 11 or 12 years old. I started really putting into perspective what I was, you know, memorizing. I was memorizing so much. And then I was, I was private Christian school as well. So we had to memorize all the more to get toys and such whenever we were in class or credit 15 minute extra breaks whatever and and i was memorizing all these things and i finally wanted to know what i was memorizing mm-hmm. so i kind of studied it and i'm big on my faith and the reason why i'm still here today made again making it all the way to nashville but yeah <laughs> so out of all of those psalms that you memorized is there one oh. in particular that sticks out for you um not necessarily in psalms um i mean when is i was it, when is i it was in leviticus when i was terrified yeah <laughs> when i was terrified as a kid i mean i, I was terrified i couldn't sleep Without a nightlight, obviously, I did that. But it was like to almost 15 years old that I was had that fear. And I was like, <laughs> something's going to get me. And I didn't know what the boogeyman was and all that jazz. And so uh, so I guess for the most part, Psalm 91 talks about, you know, being under the shadow of the Almighty and the wings. But, I mean, I would have to say my life verse would be someone tells me I'm supposed to wander this world aimlessly. I say Ephesians 2.10 literally says we are his workmanship created in Christ two good works which God has ordained or predetermined that we should walk in them. So that tells me that I have a purpose for being good. And that's mm-hmm. why it's always going to be one of my life favorite verses. Yeah. Well, I will say that everyone that I talk to around Nashville, so many people know you. People that I that I <laughs> come in contact with and you say Justin Love, so many people know you from either playing at the listening room or just in different places around town that you go out and play. Yeah. But the one thing that I will say, and my wife Amanda said this when I was on my way here, 
I've never heard anyone say anything bad about Justin Love. You, you've always been the most kind, genuine human. I mean, I know that you've come out and, and done some some nonprofit stuff with with Nashville Angels, the yeah. foster care organization in Nashville. Absolutely. There's just so there's just so many so many things that you do for the community and and for other people. That's just you just have this awesome heart. So I definitely am starting to gauge that a lot of that comes from from your Christian upbringing and you know being a follower of Christ and those things. So don't make me cry over here, Dag. Oh gosh, I got some tissues <laughs> somewhere. And no, uh, thank you, man. If any if anything, I just I want to be the same person on stage. When I walk off stage, you know, mm-hmm. I want to be that same person, that same character. I don't want to have any facades. We're already through with COVID, right? So we have no need for masks. Right. <laughs> That's the way I feel about Did it. it. <laughs> okay, so you grew up in Texas, private Christian school. Did you grow up playing guitar or get involved in band or how did you end up in the music? Yeah, I mean, my dad bought me a guitar when I was like maybe eight, okay. nine years old. I mean, I started singing when I was five and I taught my sister to harmonize when she was six. And uh, so that was always in us. But then my dad bought me a guitar and I played it for a moment. And I was just like, there's nothing. This is boring. You know? <laughs> and then I saw a friend of mine at church. His name was Chad. Uh, and he was uh, he was a drummer. And I fell in love with just one. I just wanted to bang on something. I was yeah. Like, yeah Get all my anger out, whatever. And, uh, you know, finally, I think around 13 I went back to the guitar, so I went to uh, drums at age 11. I got my first drum set. And I went back to the guitar only because I started having all these melodies, and all I could do was go doo-doo-doo. <laughs> so I couldn't do anything. So I was like, it!" So needless to say, my dad bought me another guitar. And, yeah, instead of three chords in the truth, it was definitely four chords. It was G, C, D, E minor. <laughs> so, yeah, I got that extra bit of truth. So, But that's how I got involved in guitar. So do you still bang around on the drums at all ever or just for fun? Or are you just kind of, is that a childhood thing? Or No, I mean, I, I, I write from a drummer's perspective. Most of whenever I'm writing, I'm thinking of it. How would I play the beat in this moment? Where are the parts that I would pause for effect, you know, and uh, and try to find the best way to impact someone when they're listening. But I don't have my drum sets here. So literally everything I do is on a MIDI keyboard. <laughs> Right. For like demos and stuff. But hey, I'm thinking of it from a drummer standpoint. So if I mess up, I'll start the track over and go, okay, you got this. I'll play it with my feet. I've got the kick and the hi-hat and I'm going, ta, ta. Right. <laughs> so yeah. But yeah, no, I still play on the drums. Being from Waco, do you get involved, some people do, with the cola wars of Dr. Pepper is superior because, you know, that's... Born, what is that? Born, you know, you, I've never heard of that. What is Dr. Pepper? No, no. I've never heard, I've never heard of the Cola yeah, what Wars. Is doc- no, I've never heard of that. Well, really, so the Cola Wars were between Coke and Pepsi <laughs> between, Yeah, between Coke and, and don't don't, yeah. don't bash me for my blue decision today. Yeah. Anyway. That's, he has a Blue Mountain Dew in here. Oh. I do. Which yes. is... That's technically a Pepsi product. It is. It is. Like it is. I worked for Pepsi. Non-health. What's hilarious is I also worked for Coke. So... So I'm on. What did you do for both of these soda brands? <laughs> <laughs> this so, is interesting to me. When Frito Lay is a is a what do they call it a conglomerate? Yes, whatever you want to call it. Daggum, that big word. Um, <laughs> they're they're affiliated with uh, Pepsi. Right. And so I worked for Frito Lay for gosh years in the warehouse, um, just taking bags of chips and putting them in boxes to did, be sent off the stores. Did you ever take wow. some out and put them in your pocket and take them No, they wouldn't fit in my pocket. I mean, <laughs> yeah. But they did have a damage bin, and literally if, like, you had a whole box and one box or one bag was, was empty or was air was already out of it, it would damage the whole box. So there were several bags of chips, they tell us, by the end of the day, go take whatever you want out. I'm like, heck yeah. Oh so gosh. that's what I did. It was, it was Christmas. Straight, honestly, you know, Dr. Pepper is definitely... 
one of my favorite sodas. But I wrote an amazing song about Coca-Cola, so it'll always be my number one. Oh, okay. Well, that's pretty cool. But what are these wars? Just well, the well, overall, which one's like, the better taste? Yeah, yeah, so I think it really took place <laughs> in like the 90s. We're like all the, you don't remember the huge soda commercials where like Coke would have this commercial and then Pepsi would bring no. in like Britney Spears and they were just I going back really. and forth about trying to be the top I also, also had the Y, Pepsi had the YMCA one yeah. <laughs> oh with gosh. the bears. I also grew up in <laughs> Illinois where we called it Pop. Oh, oh my not gosh. soda. <laughs> I wrote a pop song the other day called Soda. Yeah. Pop. <laughs> I'm kidding. Everything in the South, though, I think if you, where I grew up, if you were at someone's house and they offered you what you would call a pop or a soda, they would say, hey, do you want a Coke? Now yeah, that didn't, right, which when I moved here, it confused me. Th- that does not mean that you are going to get a Coca-Cola. It means that you're going to get whatever is in the fridge. You're going to get yeah. a soda of you, some you sort. You may yeah. say Coke, and you may get a Dr. Pepper. You may get a Melliella. You may get Mountain Dew. You, you may, may get, get something that diet. That makes no sense to me. <laughs> it makes no sense to us either, but that's just the, that's just the way that it is. Yeah. So just like whenever they say you want, you know, like when they ask you here, like, what would you like? I'd like some iced tea. You know, and usually when I get iced tea... It's automatically sweet. Uh, That's not the case here. Sometimes no. you get it just, okay, bloop, and it's <laughs> it's so deceiving. So is sweet tea actually sweet tea in Illinois, or is it different? I, <laughs> I don't think it is. I mean, I'm sure there's sweet tea, but I think a lot of people drink unsweet. Do you like sweet tea? No. Oh. I didn't grow up drinking it. Wow. What? No, I'm from Illinois. Oh, my well, goodness. I'm not from that the don't South. Mean nothing. It's brown water with sugar. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> what did you grow up drinking? Water? I did drink a lot of Diet Pepsi as a kid. Diet Pepsi, Which I okay. don't drink any soda so anymore. <laughs> but I would drink like a Diet Pepsi for breakfast in the morning. And I now ask my parents, like, what were you guys doing? <laughs> Have you guys tried those Olipops? They're Olipop? terrible. Okay. My They're sister terrible. swears by the root beer no. one. And now they are everywhere. They're I, was like, like, I don't even know what Olipop is. Oh, so okay. It's a fake Just pop. Like, it's a what? It's a fake pop. It's an imposter pop. Oh, that's a bunch of bullcorn. <laughs> oh. But they're like on the checkout at Publix now. Like They're popular. No. Is it kind of like Zevia? Kind uh, of. Zevia is like the organic choice. Yeah, I went to the movie night, the Nashville 615 <laughs> yeah, theater yeah. night. Yeah, I was there, and Amanda got one, and it was like a supposed. It said on it vanilla cola, and she got it, and she she literally paid five or six dollars for this. Took one sip of it and she dropped, not enjoy dropped it. it in the trash can. <laughs> We're gonna do a blind tasting next time. I'm gonna bring in all the different flavors of Olipop. And make you taste them all. They're all going to be terrible. <laughs> They're all going to be terrible. All right. Whenever we come back on Should Have Been a Cowgirl, we're going to move on from Justin's childhood <laughs> and talk about that transition to Nashville right after this on Rural Radio Channel 147 exclusively on Sirius XM. You're listening to Should Have Been a Cowgirl with Jenna Heideman on Rural Radio Channel 147 on Sirius XM. Okay, I know we said we were going to talk about you getting into music, but we're on a tangent. Are you a Swifty? This <laughs> Taylor happened, Swift. This happened during <laughs> the commercial break. It, it appears that Jenna has, has asked if Justin likes Taylor Swift, and he, uh, he wrote a song recently, you just said, with Taylor Swift in mind. Yes, so. yes, I did. <laughs> but but And I, I only because, though, like, I'm a melody guy usually. I tell people my M&Ms that I chew on in the room are music and melody. Someone that has the lyrics, fantastic. Um, but literally, I have a bunch of melodies that'll just hit me while I'm driving, you know, at work or whatever. And I had this ridiculous, most pop thing I've written to date hit me, and it was just so high. 
And so I got my phone out while I was driving and pressed the record button, just set it down, and I just started riffing, right? And then I brought it to my co-writers. <laughs> and I wrote with Bobby and Pam, uh, Bobby Crop and Pamela Lack, and then also a guy named Michael J., who was a big producer from L.A. He's had cuts with Celine Dion, New Kids on the Block. I mean, all this stuff, Daggum. He's just a really awesome guy, and he was like, we're going to write a country song. And I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> so I threw out my, my melody, and he was like, well, that's just so good. We gotta, we gotta write that. So we tackled it. Yeah, it's pretty funny. But anyway, so am I a Swifty? I am very. As a kid, I was more of a Swifty than I am now. I do, you know, respect the type of writer she is. She is <laughs> amazing, and I think that's why I had her in mind because she has. If you listen to her song, what is it, Antihero? Mm-hmm. She's got all those cha 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 chopping like at just Spitfire rhyming and it's just so good and it's not always on beat it's very syncopated that's the word um and i did that in this song so yeah daggum it was it was fun so i wouldn't say i'm an insane swifty but i'm enough that i respect what she's done and i applaud her for all her success did you listen to the remaster i totally did you want to know why why because i was waiting to hear how they how they were going to better the song better than revenge i was just curious and I, they I made did Freeman that, talk about this last week we should have had justin on last <laughs> week and they did that that no, i'm not a fan of that chord change or the, the the course change where they did the moth and the flame i'm not either matches i was like why did you do it will that forever be the mattress line for yeah. me yes, like, absolutely. it'll forever be that line this yes. is this is exactly what we talked about last week except i was completely he was appalled. clueless <laughs> <laughs> oh daggum and and some of I'm sorry, I've, my ears, you know, I, I'm all about also the little nuances and the little things you can hear in the tracks, and I was looking, listening for those, and I didn't hear them. It was, seemed like it was a little bit more basic, and guitars were a little bit more grungy, and I don't know, man, on Haunted, I didn't like the way it sounded. Yeah, a lot of the other podcasts and people I listen to kind of said they miss, like, the emotion in her voice on the original yeah because she doesn't feel the same that she does back then when she cut those songs so it's probably a little more not bland but like kind of it's just another thing for you to roll your (laughs) eyes at buddy (laughs) like you're going in the studio and you're not feeling that emotion anymore so i think everyone who grew up on speak now misses that Mm -hmm. well and see i was a big fan of her i I bought i bought the love story record pre-ordered it got a calendar i got all this stuff i got an autograph calendar i had all the the little digital things when iTunes first came out, oh, yeah. and I was like, "Wow, I'm in love!" But then I saw her in the red lipstick, and I fell even more madly in love. Oh I was just wanting like a lipstick mark on my calendar, and I never got it. But that's okay. Yeah, Justin is a thousand times <laughs> yeah. more of a Swifty than I am because I have never done any of those things. Well, um, that's oh probably goodness. because I didn't grow up on country music. Okay, too. So, well, you grew up on Taylor Swift, though, but what other music did you grow up on? <laughs> I was a Christian artist for years. Uh, I um, I grew up in the church. You know, I sang for the youth and, and on praise teams, and uh, I started writing Christian music, you know. My first song I ever wrote was called Meeting in the Air, and it was about being across the border in Mexico for, like, a meeting, like a spiritual meeting, and <laughs> the dumbest song I've ever written in my life. Um, but bottom line, you always... After that one, I had more that I knew that I had to write um, and that God wanted to use because it just kept getting a little bit more exciting. And it started making a little bit more sense, you know, my Christian stuff that I was writing. So um, did that for years. I had a Christian band called Leaving 99. It was a Christian rock group. And you can actually still go on iTunes, not necessarily Leaving 99. We never did that. But Justin Love in quotation marks with Jesus was my niche for a while 
and that's all my Christian music. Like three records are on. <laughs> cool. Okay. <laughs> so who were some of those early influences that that you had? I mean, did you listen to like you know old school Southern Gaither music, or were you mostly like positive, encouraging K Love growing oh, up? Oh man, I tell you, that's that's it. Because um, uh, first and foremost, whenever till about I don't know how y'all grew up, but. but I couldn't listen to just anything on the radio. I couldn't listen to anything with distortion guitar, even if it was Christian music. So you talk about the Gaither stuff, I had to listen to that. That's all I could listen to, that and the Amen with the organ, because it just that's just what our, our pastor at the time in church, he would say that you're going to hell if you listen to anything with distortion guitar in it. Right. doesn't matter if it's a Christian song. I'm big on Chris Tomlin. I'm big on David Crowder, Third Day, Sonic Flood, all these people. Positive, encouraging Caleb had lots of mercy me and all these amazing people, and I couldn't listen to them. And there were positive messages, and I'm in my head going, why? Well, then my dad walked into our pastor's office one day. He was a youth pastor. And our dad, my dad walked in there, and he was seeing what was up, and he heard my pastor listening to a Revival Belfast record, but he heard a distortion guitar. Uh. And my dad said, I thought that was sending us to hell. And he goes, well, no, no, no. So bottom line, my dad left the church. You know, he was like, good luck finding someone else. And he came home and he said something that will always stick with me. Only God can convict you of what you say, do, choose to listen to, and who you choose to hang with. Just make sure you listen to his voice if you feel the need. Yeah. So I got into every bit of Christian music that I could with rock, but then I also got into Black Sabbath, Def Leppard, Van Halen, Bon Jovi, all the rock that I could get and just be so rebellious listening <laughs> to it. Yeah, it's very interesting because uh, I read somewhere one time, and whether this is true or not, I found it on the internet, so who knows. Um, <laughs> but apparently, like the early church, I think even like the Catholic church, you couldn't have hymns with a minor chord for a while because it was it was minor and it was right, it, yeah. it wasn't a joyful major chord which you know most hymns are composed of pretty much what every song is which is a one four five yeah one four five one four five one and then occasionally if you get something you know you might throw a minor six in there <laughs> and then you're like ooh that's nice but but for a long time you couldn't have that because it was it was minor and it wasn't happy and it was of the devil right that's the kind of way that they they looked at it yeah those they're very congregational so whatever made the whatever made the people seem like they were most positive and happy in the moment if you threw a minor in you just pretty much messed it all up right so i mean you do that all the time in in music minor minor moments are for creating a moment of either stress or you know sadness you know all this stuff that you could think of that's what those minor moments are for but yes i for the for I went to a Catholic church one time. I liked this girl, and I got the best exercise of my life. Every time I thought we were sitting, we would kneel. <laughs> and every time we knelt, I sat. So I was just so messed up, and it was God telling me, you don't belong with her. <laughs> I said, okay, I'm never going again. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. So how did you transition? Because uh, now, I mean, I see you all over town. I mean, you're you're writing and doing country music. So how did the transition from doing Christian music <laughs> over to, how did you get to Nashville, really, is the first oh, question gosh. I want to know. Well, I went to, you know, graduated a valedictorian out of four seniors, so it wasn't that big of a school. Wow. Yeah, I know. That's what I said and got the same result backwards. <laughs> and, uh, and anyway, and so bottom line, I knew music was my passion since the age of 13. It never changed. I played basketball, ba basketball for a little bit. didn't change. I was just continuing to write, and I decided I wanted to go to college for it. So I went to MCC right down the road from Baylor. We were talking about earlier. Okay, yeah. It's a little bit more... Uh, what would I say? 
The colors are a lot better to wear, and it's a whole lot more affordable. It was a community college. But they had a they had a two-year program there literally called Commercial Music Performance. And I learned how to think and write commercially viable thoughts. I learned about lyric structure, and I learned a lot about melody. That was my favorite thing, my favorite class. Melody and MIDI, those were probably my two favorite. But um, so after I graduated, I was thinking of going to North Texas and Dallas for, you know, extending my program, you know, to a university. And my professors, every single one of them said, you don't need any more educational, you know, stuff. You need to move to Nashville and network. And I said, well, alrighty then. So I packed my bags, 650 bucks, a truck and a trailer to my name and no family here. God opened the door for people that allowed me to stay with them for like a whole year to get my feet wet and didn't start charging me rent till after that. And it's they're they're so God sends. Keith and Heidi always will be one of the biggest reasons why I'm still here today. Um, because without them, it just I wouldn't be here. So I moved here not even two months in and I had this exciting thought of meeting someone from online. Oh, Lord, have mercy. Don't ever do it. Please don't. Oh, my gosh. I mean, we meet people online because, you know, like, Facebook and stuff. How many years ago was this? And where'd you meet them at? Craigslist? No, no, no. So I'm going to tell you. So, so <laughs> I, with you and Craigslist. I, just, <laughs> I love Craigslist. I just celebrated 10 years in this town, May 11th. So 10 years ago, literally, it was June 30th, I met this gal who ended up being, she called herself. I asked her what she did. She goes, well, I'm a sugar baby. I didn't know what a sugar baby was, you know. I still don't really Do you know. know? Is that is that someone who gets money from someone? <laughs> yes, yes, because, yes. Like yes. a sugar daddy? Yes. She's the opposite. Yes. Yeah. So, receiving so she's another sugar the daddy. recipient. Yes, she's recipient. a sugar baby. Yeah. God, okay, I've never oh heard gosh. that terminology, but anyway, yeah, <laughs> Conti- so, continue. Yeah, so needless to say, I, uh, I started caring a lot about her, and uh, I started liking her, and I didn't know still to this moment what a sugar baby was. I mean, <laughs> and uh, bottom line, I just started writing country music after that she asked me one day she goes you ever thought about writing stories and i was like why she's like well you write them with christian but i'm just curious if you could hit it from a different angle and i was like sure maybe you know and then one day i got home and one of the first songs i wrote was baby i still do and and she was like that's great and i was like cool i guess i should play this out and see how it feels you know and and i even for a moment you know when i when I started writing a decent amount of country music, I asked God straight up because I wasn't seeing much reaping of what I was sowing into it. And I, I looked up to God. I said, Lord, if you don't want me doing country music, just tell me. I will, you know, give me a sign. I will walk away and go back to Christian in a heartbeat. Daggum. And out of nowhere, this person came up to me. Uh, her name's Gabby. And she said, she wanted to introduce me to somebody. I think it was her friend visiting from L.A. She goes, if you want the definition of someone who's selfless, supportive, all kinds of talented but even more a servant to just help others it's this guy right here doesn't matter what he says it's all good and i took that as like a confirmation because it wasn't even five minutes afterward and i was like okay we're just gonna keep on doing this then daggum (laughs) but then you look at the ultimate example right that i'm i'm sorry i'm big in my faith i speak about a lot so you look at the ultimate example jesus how did he get his point across to the crowd sometimes? Not everything that came out of his mouth was, Thus saith the Lord, and it is written, and thou shalt. He spoke in stories. Mm-hmm. All right, when we come back, we're going to have Justin play us a song. You're listening to Should Have Been a Cowgirl on Sirius XM.
You're listening to Should Have Been a Cowgirl with Jenna Heideman on Rural Radio, Channel 147 on Sirius XM. Welcome back to Should Have Been a Cowgirl. We got Justin ready to play us a song over there. Well, let me ask you a question. Do y'all like to fish? I mean, I've been fishing. I, I have. <laughs> I mean, I used to, but it's kind of hard when you live in an apartment to keep a bunch of fishing gear, but I like fishing. I I enjoy the idea of going fishing. I've gone fishing before. (laughs) Well, bottom line, I'm only asking y'all because I don't like to fish. I don't like fishing at all. I have so much patience for a lot of things, but when it comes to waiting for something to hit my line, I am like bull corn. I'm done. I'll go for the snacks and the drinks and the fun times. That's about it. So... I had this this uh I was driving like per usual and I had this thought hit my head on this song and I was like she threw the line and I took the bait. Oh. Okay. And when I I got in the room with my buddy Greg Wilson and our good buddy Joe Bazilli and uh we came up with this song and I I dedicated it to the people that love to fish or the like the idea of fishing <laughs> I guess is just as ridiculous I guess cool. Oh my god. Um, so yeah, but anyway, this is my only fishing song to my name so I'll do it. (laughs) I could use some steel guitar, but of course, I mean, I know yours is at home. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry about that. Another time. (laughs) I was fishing in my jumbo. She was casting with a ping pole on the bank by the riverside. In a camo bass pro hoodie, man, she wore it so damn good she caught my eye, thought, my oh my. I was trying so hard to get a closer look. Next thing you know, our lines got hooked. She must have thought she had a keeper. Her friends wouldn't believe her. A whopper, she could hang on a wall. When my bobber disappeared, I thought, man, I'll looky here. Is this a county record I just called? Guess she tugged a little harder. I fell into the water. She reeled me like the catch of the day. She threw the line. And I took the bait. <laughs> yeah. I was kicking and a splash and she couldn't keep from laughing as she slowly pulled me in. Wasn't planning on going swimming on or even catching feelings. She must have thought she had a keeper. Her friends wouldn't believe her. A whopper, she could hang on a wall. When my bobber disappeared, I thought, man, I'm looky here. Is this a county record I just called? Guess she tugged a little harder. I fell into the water. She reeled me like the catch of the day. She threw the line. And I took the bait. Now every Sunday our afternoons are booked. Funny how this love song started with a hook. She must have thought she had a keeper. Her friends wouldn't believe her. A whopper, she could hang on a wall. When my bobber disappeared, I thought, man, I'll looky here. Is this a county record I just called? Guess she tugged a little harder. I fell into the water. 
She reeled me like the catch of the day She threw the line And I took the bait Oh, she threw the line And I took the bait Oh, yes I did Oh, Oh my gosh. Now, you not being a fisherman. No. Did you need help with those lyrics? Heck yeah, fisher, yeah. Fisher, yeah. what do you call them? Fisher. Oh, the fisher things. Like <laughs> the fisher things. The, the, <laughs> the fisherman lines. Yeah, the, the references. The references. <laughs> the fisherman <laughs> things. So, fun fact. Yes, we were we were all bouncing. We were all bouncing on those back to back. I mean, I, I'd gone fishing as a kid, but not enough to be able to just go non-stop yeah. 90 on those stocks that was definitely my co-writers i just had i we didn't even have a dadgum melody at this point i had a little bit of a melody but um it was only a course and then they were the ones that decided we should totally do the storyline like this and i was like all right cool i'm, I'm game so <laughs> i like it I it's, mean, it's catchy it's really catchy have me bouncing I, back and forth have you played that out yet i played yeah i played it a good bit oh my goodness people See, are asking me to release it i'm like i may i may See if see if I can get Freeman to do some. You can steel release on. it like a fish back in a pond. Ah, uh, pretty much. <laughs> hey, look. Well, I can tell you right now. Here on air, if you do record it, you need steel guitar. You got my services for free on that. Wow, one, so. oh, I appreciate That's it. That's a big man. discount. Freeman's expensive. You do it for free. I definitely <laughs> buy your meal. My gosh. Yeah. yeah. No, absolutely. <laughs> no, I appreciate no, I, it, man. So you do play a, a lot around town, uh, and I've seen you. I've seen you at places like the local and the listening room, and it just seems like every time I open my Instagram, I mean, you are you are somewhere around town. So where's your favorite place? Do you have a favorite place to play in Nashville? Well, we're, or well, we're live on air. I get wow. nervous about this. Um, you don't want to don't want to upset someone else. Well, all of a sudden he has no gigs except for I one mean, place. <laughs> I will tell you this: there is something magical about each place that you go to. So like, it's different crowds, it's different moments. You never know who's listening, and where people are from. So like, um, I've now sold out two shows at the Listener Room Cafe, mm-hmm. and it took me over almost 10 years to do that right and so um it took me six years just to get in there alone to start playing my own rounds you know um but i'm thankful for every opportunity every stage and bottom line the listening room would be one of the top ones but there is nothing like the magic of just being in the presence behind the mic in the round they're in the circle at the Bluebird Cafe. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I will say that. Have you been to a show at the Bluebird Cafe? I've been Jenna? to one in the 10 years I've been here. Yeah. I've been to the listening room a lot. Have you I been here 10 years too, Dad? I, I used to work at the listening room. Oh, my dad. But I will yeah, say. You looked familiar when you walked in. The, the listening room is a great spot to go see live music if you're coming to town. Yes. The Bluebird's really hard to get into, so you have to plan. It is. You have to really plan to get to a Bluebird show. I think that yes. Nashville gets a reputation, especially on Broadway, especially mm-hmm. for people that just bounce in and out, and it's mm-hmm. like they don't give a crap about whatever you just play Freebird and whatever but then you go to places like the Bluebird or the Listening Room and when you come there I mean if you're talking and being disruptive at a table I mean they will out. they will kick you you're out done. because mm-hmm. you are there to respect the artwork you're in the presence of something really cool that not every single city has yeah. and so you know be respectful when you're here I mean you know you can have a beer and you can have drinks and you can eat your food and stuff but I mean every table is everybody's listening to what's mm-hmm. going on on stage and it's a really cool thing because i mean the listening room i don't know how many people it seats but it's I believe it, like 250 yeah it's it's a yeah. large crowd yeah, of people that and, are listening and, and all actually. of them are there yeah, that are actually listening yeah and you never know where some people could be from the uk some from alaska 
you know, and then some all around the different states, you know, so it's really cool. Yeah. And then they even say it sometimes. They'll come in and they'll say, we we went to Broadway last night and then we came here. We don't even want to go back downtown. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, that's yeah. what you want. All right. Whenever we come back, we'll wrap up the show on Should Have Been a Cowgirl, Rural Radio Channel 147, exclusively on Sirius XM. You're listening to Should Have Been a Cowgirl with Jenna Heideman on Rural Radio, Channel 147 on Sirius XM. Welcome back. Should Have Been a Cowgirl. So, Justin, you've been here for 10 years. Yes. And they call this town a 10-year town. They do. And I heard you have a song. And it's your 10-year town song. <laughs> What's so funny about it? <laughs> I do. The struggle is real. Oh, yeah. Sorry. I mean, um, <laughs> yes, it is. It's my 10-year town song. Uh like they say, they do call it a 10-year town, and they usually say that because, you know, you've been here that long, then you're going to make it. You know, you're, you're destined to, whatever. I, I think the trick to that is everyone else goes home before 10 years, so then you're just one of yeah. the last ones standing. Well, it's very true. I you mean, know? you think about— That's how it happened for I, I me. Agree. That's how happened for me. Like, if you just stick it out, you're going to probably make it. Yeah. No, I, I, I agree with that. I mean, it's, it's really also—it is definitely a survival of the fittest. You know, you think about it because so many people come here and— so many people go straight down, you know, get lost in the Broadway lights, and that's that's their thing. And by all daggum means, if it is, go ahead. But that's not my prerogative. Mm-hmm. You know, my my prerogative is to impact somebody with my story and mm-hmm. what I have to say. And so when I say that I separated 10 years in this town, right, I did a, a CMA Fest podcast, and the very next day I got offered my first publishing deal. Amazing. And June 23rd I signed with SB21. And uh, I can't thank Teresa and, and and Mark and Eric and Barb enough for, for taking a chance on me for, for such an opportunity. But, yeah, so it is definitely the 10-year town story for me. It isn't for everybody, thanks to TikTok and stuff. Now threads. <laughs> well, Have y'all gotten to threads yet? You know, I think TikTok is, you know, the one-year town, but you're probably out by year 10. Yes, definitely. You probably don't last that long. Yeah. Oh, Lord. Sorry to all the TikTok people I offend on I, rural radio. I'm in trouble. <laughs> oh, shoot. <laughs> it's Freeman. <laughs> Yeah. Do you know he's TikTok famous? Yeah. I'm not TikTok. I mean, I'm pretty good at clocking in and out of work. That's about it for yeah. me. But I mean, have y'all gotten on threads yet? Yes. We talked about this last week, too. Oh, my God. Freeman, are you on the threads now? No. Because. Get um, on the threads. Okay. Amanda told me, and I don't know if this is true or not. I don't know <laughs> if it's true. But she said that if you sign up for threads and then you yes. delete threads, you you have Instagram. to delete everything. Yep. And so, so I'm like, I don't want to do it. You're sucked in for life. I don't want to do it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't I, need another one. I already have three. I mean, I have Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. I, it's, that's enough. But no, check it out, Twitter. though. You can have no. it and not even use it. Just say hi. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know. I haven't, I haven't posted on threads in, like, I think four days. But the last thing I posted was so a needle pulling thread. Oh. <laughs> you just need to post all your jokes. Another on one. <laughs> Sorry, Justin's <laughs> Justin's jokes. Yeah, just Justin's jokes. Well, that's, yeah. that's a sound of music go. right there. All right, All let's, right. let's hear that tune. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> I wrote this for the people that are here chasing, and this is this is my encouragement that I needed one night after having such a long day because I also play for other people. And bottom line, this song goes out to any of the dream chasers out there. Don't stop. They say there's no time like the present, and that's true. But when it comes to stopping chasing your dreams go do something else throw in the towel that's not the time so this song's called time ain't now i'm so tired 
Tired of losing sleep, keeping me up at night Is what I'm doing good enough, is it worth the fight? Will it ever be alright? I'm uninspired So I try to pour my heart out in a song But the feeling loses feeling for too long Is there something wrong? See, I just wanna give up on this thing I call a dream Pick up and leave But I can't Cause every single time I think I'm gonna throw in the towel Gloves off guard down I find myself get right back in the ring No I can't Just call it quits It is what it is I'm over this now That isn't the way it's meant to be So when my head tells my heart That I should leave this town I just tell myself that time ain't now I feel so stupid Spinning around and round and round On this broken wheel Thinking I'm getting somewhere But I'm just standing still Damn, what's the deal? And this dream I'm chasing if only I could forget about somehow But I know without a doubt that I can't Cause every single time I think I'm gonna throw in the towel Gloves off guard down I find myself get right back in the ring No I can't just call it quits It is what it is I'm over this and all It isn't the way it's meant to be my head tells my heart that I should leave this town I just tell myself that time made me pack in my bags Slow down this so fast and close in that open door Cause I know it's worth fighting for So I came Cause every single time I think I'm gonna throw in the towel Gloves off, guard down I find myself get right back in the ring No, I can't Just call it quits It is what it is I'm over this long It isn't the way it's meant to be So when my head tells my heart That I should leave this town And everybody says it I Justin Love, Rural Radio, Channel 147, Sirius XM. Mm. And when does that song come out? Ah, uh, we well, we're we're in the studio right now, so I don't necessarily have a, like a, a set date yet. But when I do, I'll let you know, and y'all can plug it for me. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we're in the studio right now. We, we got uh, vocals still to do. We've got all the instrumentation. It's so beautiful and haunting. Uh, I'm I'm so excited. Um, 
So it'll be coming out sometime next month. But uh, you can find me not on OnlyFans, definitely. Oh. But OnlyFriends.com. No, I'm sorry. You can find me at JustinLoveMusic.com. That'll take you the quickest to everything that I have on Instagram, all that jazz. You know, so, yeah. That's where you can find me. And Jenna? Right, you can find me at Cowgirl.Jenna on Instagram, on threads, oh. <laughs> and at Cowgirl Club Podcast. <laughs> and also, if you ever miss an episode here on SiriusXM, you can re-listen on Spotify. Should have been a cowgirl. Yeah, they air tomorrow. Every so tomorrow, this yep. will be out for your podcast. Send to have. some friends. And as always, producer Freeman Arthur at Freeman Arthur on TikTok. I've got to live up my my one one year, and then I'm gone. Oh my time. gosh, I didn't mean that. <laughs> as Jenna said, or oh Instagram, Facebook, any of those places. But uh, Justin, thank you so much for coming and and sharing and, and being on the show and you know having such a good heart for the community and, and your music and, and all that you stand for. I mean, you were. You are just a great human for everybody mm-hmm. in this town to know.